Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Portable Pastor Podcast. I'm Mike Stafford, the Portable Pastor, bringing you another teaching from God's Word. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Unless you're driving, then, of course, keep your eyes on the road and just listen. Today, we're going to be looking at another topic in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached. And this time, we're going to look at the topic concerning judging others. Judging others. Now, let me let me say this right, right here at the beginning. The world is being... The world's being pulled apart. Polarization is at is at an, an all time high. You know this. There's ongoing divisive wars over over gender issues and abortion rights and the definition of marriage and you know educational topics and political authority for financial philosophies. We're even debating over military presence and funding and media collaboration and social media censorship, church and state separation. You know, we're talking about that a lot. Personal freedoms, medical practices. There's so much divisive things being discussed right now. And everyone has an opinion on those things. Everyone's grown intolerant of the existence of the opposing opinions, haven't they? I mean, to the point where... People are actually causing harm. They're destroying property. They're ending lives. They're hurting one another. A common response to those opposing opinions, apart from violence, so hopefully we're not doing that, but a a common response that we've been doing for a long time is, well, you've heard it, is what gives you the right to judge me? Everyone has grown so sensitive to being questioned about their worldview that civil discourse has has mostly become a thing of the past. I, I am I am offended. That's caused many a policymaker to rewrite policies, haven't it? And, and abandon what was tried and true and tolerated. Cancel culture is is acceptable now, and partly because of this abandonment of of judging what is best. Jesus has something to say about judging in Matthew chapter 7. So let's look at that together. Listen as I read. Judge not that you be not judged. That's a very famous, very famous verse. Everybody knows that. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take that log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot in turn and attack you. Every Christian Every Christian knows this verbiage, don't judge others. It's the most quoted version of this passage that there is. Don't judge. This is almost, well, this is probably the most quoted passage of Scripture by non-generals, uh, generals, non-Christians as a whole. They, they resist the warnings of Christians about their behavior, and then they'll quote this, don't judge me, don't judge me. And they quote it in, in the most selfish way possible. Not don't judge, but don't judge me. Today, I want I want us to all see that there's a, a huge misconception 
about judging others. The fact that Jesus the fact that Jesus makes a judgment statement at the end of that passage is proof that that we've gotten it wrong. So let, let's talk about that last verse first. Don't give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Now, now put your thinking caps on to what did he compare people who reject the value of godly warning? What, what did he compare them to? Dogs and pigs. <laughs> that sounds harsh. Now, don't don't misunderstand him. He's not calling them dogs and pigs. He's not being mean. He's not being you know, detrimental to their value. He, he came to die for those people. Remember that. So what is he saying? He's saying that people act like dogs and pigs, which would ignore such valuable gifts as pearls and, and holy advice. They act like that. They, they are people who won't value godly warning and, and they'll only turn away and they'll fight you. They'll fight you about their freedom to behave the way they want. Now that is a legitimate spot on comparison by Jesus. But notice that this is also a judgment of the behavior of those stiff-necked people. He, he, he cannot come to that conclusion without judging them. He just can't. Jesus said, judge not, that you be not judged. And then immediately Jesus judges. And he says, he says you know, don't throw your, your pearls before pigs and cast your holy advice before dogs. You know, hey, look, is he being... Is he being hypocritical? Is this a, a do as I say, not as I do moment in the life of Jesus? Well, of course not. Of course not. Jesus, Jesus was never hypocritical. So we obviously have misunderstood the verse, the, the first verse that we read. So what does it mean? Well, let's look at that first verse again in, in the original language. That word judge is the word krino. Now, in the Bible, the word judge is used seven different ways. It's used seven different ways in the Bible. I want to just quickly go over those. The first is, is uh, judge is to separate or, or to pick apart, to select, to choose, to put asunder. It's like, it's like choosing a worthy offering. That's what got Cain in trouble in the beginning. Remember when Cain and Abel brought their offerings to God and, and Cain, he judged wrongly. His offering was not acceptable. He judged the value of his offering wrongly. So that's one way. The Bible also refers to it as an act of approval, to esteem or, or prefer something or someone else, like judging someone's character to exalt him, right? So in, you know, in our church, we just, we just uh, elevated Pastor Dave's um, title to Pastor Emeritus, and we bestowed that on him because we know his character. We, we judged his character. We esteem what he brings to the church, right? So that's another version of that word judge. A third one is to be of an opinion, to deem, to think. You can judge, you can judge an event. You can judge an event and think it was good. If you were here last Monday night at the Trunk or Treat, you, you would think, man, that's a good event. That's the kind of judgment that he's talking about here. So great job, you know, Taylor and Sherry who put that on here and everyone who worked those tables and, and, and putting that on. So that was my judgment. That was the basis of my opinion. I think that was a good event. Another definition of judgment is, is to determine, to resolve, you know, to finalize, to decree. This, this means, you know, coming to a conclusion. So my judgment in this way, my judgment is that clover donuts are, are great donuts because I've tasted them and I've come to that conclusion. So that is a judgment. That's a, an example of a judgment in the Bible. 
The fifth way is to pronounce an opinion concerning right or wrong. This is what most people would see judgment as. This is what most people, you know, receive that res- that that response. Uh, don't judge me. That's what. That's why people receive that response, and it means to assign a, a moral value to a behavior. Worship is good; and it's the right thing to do. Lying is bad; you should never lie. Those are those are the judgments to pronounce an opinion concerning right or wrong. The sixth way judge is used in the scripture is to rule, to govern. So. This refers to authority. They are judges. You know, God assigned judges in the Old Testament. And the seventh way is to, uh, a definition of judgment means to contend together as, as warriors, as combatants. Sometimes the, the uh, scriptures used that word judge to talk about people who are at war or at, you know, in a battle. They like like when we saw the actions of Saddam Hussein, right? And and we decided we need to go to war with this guy. After judging his actions, you know, we decided uh, against us. We we decided, you know, we need to go to war with them. So those are the seven ways that judge is used in the Bible. So which way is Jesus referring? Well, that word is is krino. And let's t- let's look at, at at crino. Let's weigh it against the the context of the passage. Okay, verse two, you offer crino and they retaliate. Verse three through five, be prepared before you crino or judge, because they will point to your sin in your life. Or verse six, when you crino, they will they will turn and attack you. So out of those seven definitions, which ones do you think that Jesus is referring to? Well, what makes the most sense in this teaching is that he's speaking, since he's speaking of retaliation and preparation and attack, is talking about that seventh definition, to contend together as warriors, as combatants. So in this context, Jesus is saying, watch the manner of your judgment. Don't judge to go to war. Because the way that you do that is going to be returned to you when they judge you back. Get that? The the combative nature of your judgment is definitely coming back to you. Now, Stuart Weber, in the Holman New Testament commentary, he wrote this. Do not judge others until you are prepared to be judged by the same standard. And then when you exercise judgment towards others, do it with humility. Now, that's very different from don't judge others by assigning a moral value by assigning a right or wrong to behavior. That's very different, right? So most most people try to fit that definition, that's definition number five, to pronounce or an opinion concerning right or wrong. They try to, to fit that definition into this context, and it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit at all. Even the New Living Version of the Bible, which is a reader Bible, it's not a study Bible, it's just a reader Bible. We can talk about that later. It says it this way, Do not judge others and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. So see, there's this this back and forth reciprocal uh, treatment. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. I like the explanation of gotquestions.org about this, this first verse in Matthew chapter 7, judge not that you be not judged. Jesus' statement to judge uh, zeroed in on the problems of spiritual hypocrisy and self-centered pride. This wasn't a, an issue of, of moral, moral judgment, right? In, in this light, we see in this passage that Jesus, does, he's teaching his disciples to deal with the speck in the eye of the other but only after you've cleared it out of your own eye. He's dealing with the issues of hypocrisy and pride in judgment. 
Now, people are going to try to tell you, you know, Jesus taught, do not judge. Well, this is not what he's teaching right here. This is not that teaching. In fact, Jesus never said that judgment was an unacceptable behavior in Christians. Instead, instead, there are verses in the scriptures that affirm the judgment of others. Look, just listen. I mean, let me just read a few of them. John chapter 7, verse 24. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Proverbs 31, 9. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Leviticus 19.15, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. <laughs> See, he, he's, it's very clear. As I read these next three, you tell me how to do these things without judgment. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Well, how do you know what's good and what's wrong if you're not judging it? 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. How do, why would you reprove someone? Why would you rebuke them if you thought they were doing acceptable behavior? And if you don't think they're doing acceptable behavior, that's a judgment. Listen to Galatians 6.1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Well, we know that temptation comes from desires inside of us, evil desires inside of us. How would we say that those people are being tempted? We wouldn't, because that would be morally saying right or wrong. Correct? So a lot of people misquote this scripture. There, there's, there's a lot of people that, in fact, there's another one they misquote too. Uh, you know, when they said, don't judge the world, only judge Christians. And they quote 1 Corinthians chapter 5, um, 12 and 13. You know, for what do I have to do with judging outsiders? It's not those inside the church whom I'm supposed to judge. God judges outsiders. Purge the evil person from among you. That's what, that's what Paul wrote there. Now, that is definition number six in the context Paul was writing about it. You know, to govern, to rule. He was discussing the governing of a local church in, regard, in, in regards to unrepentant Christians. Paul isn't making a blanket rule to avoid judging non-Christians. He's saying rule the church, judge the church. So with what, what, with what we read in that passage, we see that Paul's talking about how to deal with, with sin in the church. So avoiding judgment would have been to avoid helping people when they're stuck in their sin or when helping the church when the sin is creeping into the church. A lot of people apply that verse wrongly too. Now, when you look at that, you might say, wow, wow. Do you mean to tell me that after all this time and after asking forgiveness for judging other people, that we're actually expected to judge others? Is that what you're saying, Pastor Mike? <laughs> yep, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying because that's what the Bible teaches. We are to judge, but we need to judge with parameters. We're, we're not free to judge any way we want. From the verses that we read today, let me just give you, let me give you just six parameters, six judgment parameters, okay? Number one, judge without hypocrisy. Very clear. How can I do that? You say, you know, how, how can I do that? I'm a sinner. I sin all the time. How can I judge somebody else's sin when I sin all the time? Well, I, I would say stop. <laughs> stop sinning. Fight it. 
Fight it. When you fail, hate it. Put things in place to fight against it. If those fail, put more things in place until you beat it. Allow the Holy Spirit to make you better through the process of sanctification, but fight your sin. Encourage others to fight their sin too. That's judgment without hypocrisy. It doesn't mean to to never say anything because you are imperfect. It means not judging someone else about giving in to their sin when you're doing nothing to fight your own. So judge without hypocrisy. Number two, judge with humility. Now remember, you're a sinner. You're a forgiven sinner, but you're a sinner nonetheless. Remember that there was forgiveness for you after you repented and turned from sin. Apply that same message of of mercy to someone else when, when you judge them. Well, what does that look like? Well, you, you might say, you know, that, that sinful behavior will send you to hell. That, that's going to send you to hell. And and my, my life was headed that way too. And you can turn from it too. You can find forgiveness and mercy too. Now, when you say it that way, now you're on even even ground. The playing, the, the, the playing field's been leveled. And that keeps you from being prideful because we're to judge with humility. Number three, judge expecting retaliation. (laughs) A lot of Christians judge correctly, but then they get their feelings hurt or offended when a person that they're wanting to help turns and retaliates. Jesus said that's going to happen. That is the, the natural reaction of a lost person or a Christian stuck in a certain sin. They're going to retaliate. For example, you say, bro, dude, you can't do that. Sex before marriage is a sin. Quit sleeping with her. Now, I can tell you right now, that judgment, that judgment will trigger the reaction. Dude, you're only saying that because you're ugly and you ain't getting any. <laughs> That's what dudes think, right? Well, something similar to that, that, that will be partly in jest, but really defending their action. You see, sin-stuck people react with, with sin-laden responses. So we have to expect it. Don't expect anything different. There will be consequences to judgment. So don't be surprised. Don't take it personally. Judge expecting retaliation. Number four, judge for the betterment of others. People people have different goals for judgment. They do. You know, sinful goals like self-elevation or hurtful intent or even political gain. You know, there's lots more, but they can be they, judgment can be done with a lot of those less than than less than loving goals. Your goal should always be to help someone else become more like Christ. That's why that's why Paul wrote Ephesians chapter four verse thirty. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So we have to benefit people. Even in our judgment, we judge for the betterment of others. Number five, we judge behavior that opposes truth. Don't waste time making people mad by making these judgments about things that are they're just dumb. It don't matter. You know, you really are a lousy cook. <laughs> That's not a judgment you need to make. That's not even, I mean, how can that even be true? It's relative at best. I mean, compared to what? So make judge, judgments concerning truth. Refrain from judging others unless the behavior opposes truth. The truth is what the Bible says about a behavior, what the Bible says about a thought. And if the Bible is silent on that subject, maybe you should be too. Judge behavior that opposes truth. And finally, number six, he just says very clearly, judge righteously. 
you have the you have the righteousness of Christ. Your righteousness didn't meet that standard, so you were given his. And out of that righteousness, we're to judge the way that Christ did. If you're going to judge, be sure that you're right. Be sure that you are righteous in your behavior yourself. Be sure you are judging like Christ would. We are to judge righteously. So don't let anyone tell you, hey, you can't judge me and get away with that. Now, now you know that you have the responsibility to help people. You know that out of love, we are to make judgments. Now, you, you know how to judge. I've given you some examples. You know when to judge and who to judge. So judge rightly. Let, let me close with this. One day, one day you're going to stand before the judge of the universe, and he's absolutely going to judge. Okay, You're going to give an account of your life. He's going to judge. You will be judged. Christians, your judgment will be at the beam of seat of Christ. It'll be based on what you did in your freedom in Christ. Your sins are paid for on the cross. You will not be punished for sin. That, that's all, that judgment's already been doled out on Christ on the cross. But you will be judged about how you used your freedom in Christ. Did you produce spiritual fruit? Did, and that, that includes judging righteously. Now, non-Christian, your judgment's different. Your sin's not been paid for. You will be judged according to all of your sinful works, especially your unacceptance of the salvation that God offers for rejecting Him. So, you know, you're going to be in hell for the punishment of sin or you're going to be in heaven for the because of the salvation of Christ. That That's the judgment that's coming on you. Would you just take a moment and judge yourself? Judge yourself. Am I good enough to go to heaven? And the answer is no. You're not good enough to go to heaven, but you got to judge that yourself. See, the Bible says that none's righteous, no, not one. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but that Christ died for sin. And if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we could be saved. Judge yourself. Let me ask you, where do you stand with Christ? I hope that you stand with him for salvation. Otherwise, you're going to face judgment and it's going to be harsh. Look, if you'd like to start an online conversation about that or you want to know more about the salvation of Christ, just simply email me, Mike at FBC Clover, as in First Baptist Church Clover, fbcclover.com. And I'll be glad to research and help you and encourage you, but mainly to lead you to Christ, to repentance from your sin and salvation in Christ. Well, I hope that helps you. I hope that gives a little clarity on this judgment because, man, the the culture is don't judge me crazy right now. And, I, and we have to love people, and that includes the doing act taking actions making assessments for their their betterment for their betterment so i hope that helps you well look we'll come back next week oh no 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 i'm i'm off for a couple of weeks going on vacation so i'll be out for a couple of weeks before i do another podcast we'll see you uh, get back together in december for another teaching from god's word until then have a have a great couple of weeks know i'm praying for you and thinking about you and remember remember if you're if you're walking with god if you're living to his precepts and and living to his standards if you've trusted him as as your as your savior then then he is very much pro you he was not against you he is for you so be blessed have a good couple of weeks and we'll talk to you again later thanks for listening to the portable pastor podcast pastor mike serves as pastor at the first baptist church in clover south carolina fbc clover is a church that focuses on loving god 
loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.